focusing on what God is doing around the world. We'd like to invite everyone to come back next week as we learn about orphan care. Our guest speaker, Jim Daly, is author, radio host, and president of Focus on the Family. Join us as he shares God's heart for the orphan and how you can make a difference. As we learn to care for orphans well, we also want to care for others, like elderly and widows. Join us for Operation Love as we go to people's homes to do repairs, yard work, and more. Learn more at the table in the lobby today or visit calvarylife.org love. Finally, each October, we put on a huge event called Light the Night. This is an opportunity for families to invite their neighbors and friends to a safe and fun fall festival. But we need your help. Volunteer to get involved by serving in a booth or activity or donate cakes, cupcakes, and candy. We'd love to have your support. Find out more at calvarylife.org LTN. We invite you to fill out the card in the seat rack in front of you. This is an opportunity to share your prayer requests or find out more about our ministries. Also, if you are a guest here at Calvary Church, turn in this card at Connection Point in the lobby. We have a free gift for you. And as always, if you want to find out more information about Calvary Church, visit our website at calvarylife.org. together. What an incredible privilege and honor that we have today to worship our King. It's our desire as your worship leaders, all 50, 60, 70 of us up here, to lead you in worship, in spirit and in truth. And so let's with joyful hearts today lift our voices to the Lord as we sing. Here's a new chorus to an old song. Here we go. To the ends of the
heart so strong. Sing it loud from your heart. Clouds that sail and along. Oh, praise
there's nothing in the way of you and your name. I pray in the name of Jesus that your name, your truth, your love would reign in our hearts. God, I pray, I pray that we would, just, we would just sit back and let all the distractions flee. Those things in our life that keep us from hearing your voice and knowing you more. God, I pray that in this moment as well that, that you would help us search our own hearts and deal with anything that's keeping us from knowing you more and seeing you and feeling your presence in this place. Father, we worship you today as one church, one family, knowing that you're in control. When the world seems to be spinning out of control, you are on the throne indeed, and we have nothing to fear. We live in a culture where we're constantly enslaved to something, and a lot of us, even in the church, Lord, are enslaved to fear. So I pray that today you would remind us of your love and what the cross did for us, that we are no longer slaves to fear that there's hope in your son Jesus. So we sing these words together as we proclaim that truth. In Jesus' name. You unravel me with a melody 
You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear for I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear for I am a child of God. Sing. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again to your family. Your love flows through my veins. Believe the words. I'm no
every day. Let's believe on these words. Here we go. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. incredible truth, Lord. We are set free by the blood of your son, Jesus. I pray that we would, we would rest in your truth as we listen to it today, as we hear your word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to sing together. What a gift you've given us. 
Thank you for allowing us to practice what we'll be doing for all eternity as one church, one body. We worship you today as we listen in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. That was nice worshiping with everybody. Uh, my name is Rudy Kramer. I'm an elder here, and I wanted to tell you my Calvary story. Um, my family and I started here about 20 years ago. Um, our youngest started in the preschool here at Calvary. And uh, as our three kids grew up, they grew up going through VBS, um, uh, elementary and uh, Sunday school and the camps and all those kinds of things. And uh, it was just a, a huge blessing. And I know a lot of you guys played that part um, in teaching and raising our family and kids here, uh, as well as obviously others. Um, this community also was part, an important part of my family in um, some memorials with my mom, um, my uh, grandpa Bud for us, and where our families and friends were part of those uh, memorials and important parts, again, of our lives where people poured in. And that's been... Um, part of this community where we have some of our best friends here and um, people have really poured in our lives and our families here. I've been on the elder board for about five years now, my last term, and I have to say this last year has been the most uh, engaging and exciting time as we spent a lot of time in prayer, um, in fasting, and really seeking God's will. And I've really just grown from the impact of the elder board that we have, the wise men that we have on that board, and it's just been um, just a really impactful time this last year. As, as I watched that, I've also saw how I trust in God and um, how God trusts in me, actually, um, growth. And over that period of time, I saw um, him inviting me in growth in myself. And it really started when we first worked in the nursery, and it was... Uh, you know, pretty easy. We kind of watched kids. And then we worked into um, the elementary or the uh, uh, Sunday school and helped out with the Sunday school and some of the teaching. And then we moved into junior high and high school following our kids over the years. And each time God just opened up another door, opened up some additional growth. And that included going on some mission trips. And we did some mission trips with the high schoolers, uh, with the guest helpers. And those mission trips really built some of the... Um, amazing, lasting relationships that I had um, here in my life. And uh, those mission trips included Mexico and Israel. Um, it also included Ecuador. Ecuador has a special place in my heart with uh, the, the Williams down there. And each time, the three different times I went down the jungle, God taught me another thing, that he can use the strengths and experiences that we have in our lives to build his kingdom. I was also blessed to join one of Calvary's trips to the Israel and that was led with uh, Pastor Eric and Matt Davis. And it was a great trip where Calvary missionaries, there are really serving and bringing out Jesus' name in that, in that country. I'd like you to check out this video and this update from John and Tiffany Davidson on their ministries um, in, for the Chosen People Ministries um, in Israel. Shalom Havarim. Hello friends, I'm John and this is Tiffany and we serve the Jewish people here in Jerusalem. We are called here by the Lord to Israel to serve the Jewish people so that we can reveal to them their true Messiah 
and to serve them in a broad capacity of serving the poor all the way from communicating and dialoguing with ultra-Orthodox Jews. Every ministry begins with prayer and we had an amazing opportunity to pray for the Jewish people being here in the old city of Jerusalem and uh, it's really setting our hearts in the right place spiritually to bring this message of hope. Some of the services that we participate in are serving at the Mana Kitchen at a local church. We get to serve and feed the homeless of Jerusalem. That can be from new immigrants to Orthodox Jews. And we find it a joy that we have the privilege of serving them just like Jesus would. And to share the hope that we have just by our serving and our actions and our attitude. I think it's really important for us to study the Hebrew language because that's a way that we can connect and bond with the Jewish people. It gives us kind of a foot in the door because we can get to know who they are as people but also in relation to their culture and language is a, a huge way that we can do that. My background is, is that before I was a believer I was a homeless drug addict and uh, I prayed when I was on the street one day and the Lord grabbed me and changed my life. Now since I'm here in this place 12 years later and God has kept me sober ever since, one of the burdens that I have is to help people that struggled in the same way that I did. Not just helping them in their recovery, but leading them to Messiah. And uh, I just want to carry that message forward and I want to develop that ministry as time progresses. Ministry is wherever we go. It's when we go to the market here, or when we're in our language program, or if we're having a barbecue at the park, we take every one of those situations as a perfect opportunity to be a light in a place such as this. Our walks have deepened with the Lord, learning who He is as Father, directing us, guiding us, feeding us the Word and our physical bread that we need as well, allowing Him to provide for all of our needs. So it is very humbling and it grows us to know Him more. In regards to ministry, there's two types of Christians. One are those who go, and the other are those who send those that go. So we just want to take a second to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sending us here and for partnering with us because we couldn't be here, we couldn't do this kind of ministry unless you were involved in our lives. So thank you very much. And we really love and appreciate you guys, and we continually ask the Lord in our prayers that He would bless you. Lord, we just want to thank you for um, this time. Uh, we thank you for Calvary and this community that we have here surrounding us, Lord, and pouring in people's lives. Um, we just ask you to have Jesus be the center of that, Lord. Um, we thank you for uh, the future and your will at this church, Lord. And um, we just want to raise up and bless uh, Reach Week and the ministries that we're going to uh, be walking through this, this next week. And uh, I just ask you to be with our speaker today. Amen. Thank you, Rudy. Good morning once again. Hey, take your bulletin booklet that you received and open it up. There's a couple things I want to point out. One is our sermon notes are in there. As well as in the inside flap is a little bio about this morning's guest speaker who really isn't a guest speaker for us. He's part of our Calvary family by extension in Eastern Europe. His name is Oleg Rutsky. He's married. He has four children. In fact, last time he stood on this platform, uh, he only had three. And I only had three. 
And we had lunch together after he spoke. The next month, his wife was pregnant and my wife was pregnant. So we were not going to lunch today, right? Okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Come on up, Oleg. We want to give you a warm Calvary welcome here. Thank you, brother. We love you. We love you as well. You're amongst friends. Oh. Lead us this morning. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be back at Calvary, and um, it's a great privilege to be able to share with you the God's story. God's story through our story. Your story is the best platform for His story to be shared with the world. Tell your story. Don't hide it. I'm glad to be able to be here and tell you God's story in my life and to be able to share of his, about his work that he's doing in Eastern Europe and beyond. I'd like to thank Calvary for giving me such an opportunity to be able to share with you. I've learned how to share with American churches right here in your place. Pastor Dave, he's been such a, here's my hero. I've learned so much from him. Listening, watching him, how he would move on the stage, how he would share with people. Literally, Calvary taught me how to serve the church of United States. Thank you so much for being such a great church to be able to support us and make the work in Eastern Europe possible. You are one of the most missionary-minded church that I've ever met in the United States. You are awesome church. Thank you so much for being such an expression of God's heart. Your generosity, it is, is literally amazing. You are supporting missionaries all over the world. And it's making the work of God in Eastern Europe possible because of your prayers and your generous gifts. I'd like to take a couple of minutes today to be able to share with you a little bit of what the Lord wants to us to learn. And to be able to share with you about the fact that mission of God is really possible. You know, God's mission is really possible. If I would look to my life, I would say, Lord, how in the world you would actually choose an unworthy vessel to be able to do your work? You know, my, my heart has been changed in 1988 when I first time was exposed to the gospel. We, have not, we never had a Bible actually available in full package. This is my first New Testament that I has received after the fall of USSR as a gift to me to be able to enjoy the full New Testament. We were copying it by hand. We were literally people that were suffered, they were smuggling it into former Soviet countries to be able to put it in the hands of the people, but in pages, not even all together. And I'm so honored that I came to know the Lord through one of those people who suffered so much for Jesus. Soviet regime took away his children, and I became like a grandson for him, you know, by being introduced to this man who knew what it means to lose your children for the sake of the gospel. Because the government would take away the kids of the believers so they can grow them in the spirit of atheism and communism. After a while, his son came back and uh, married and became good friends with my parents. And that's how I got connected, is through the man, man's grandchildren. We were playing together, and I remember that day when I stepped into his house. And this man, Gabriel, he shared with me in a simple language the message of Christ. He, I was his mission. Mission was impossible maybe for some people. My father was an active man in propaganda of Soviet regime. You know, he was so indoctrinated with communism. He believed that USSR is going to be an eternal empire. And they are going to exterminate every single Christian. And one day, everyone will see on the TV the last Christian being executed. But I do believe, I do believe the words of Jesus. 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail because I'm with you. This is the Jesus that we believe in. And the Soviet Union is gone. All the regimes are gone, but the church is there. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. He is awesome. And I thank God for the fact that that man, despite all the opposition, losing his job, suffering with his children, you know, he took me as a mission for his life. And he's invested in me. I thank God for that. And I remember one day when I got on my knees in front of this man and I said, please, Gabriel, put your hand on me and pray blessing, double blessing on me. I mean, I thought about that moment's story when he told me about Elijah and Elisha. And I said, I'm not going to let you go. And he said, oh, man, I'm not going anywhere. I said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And he looked in my eyes of a child and he said, Oleg, do you understand what you're asking for? With double blessing, there is double persecution. And I praise God for that. Yes, we have been, we, I've been persecuted by my family. That's what usually happens in Eastern Europe and farther east. You've got a lot of rejection for your entire family community that completely turned their back. But I remember Gabriel told me one thing that I, I clearly remember so well. He said, go and do what I've done to you. Go and preach the gospel. Don't stop preaching the word. You know, this is, would be impossible without having what Jesus says. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, it clearly says about the fact that the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he anointed me to reach the gospel, to, re to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set, the free, set free those who are oppressed. To proclaim the favor, the year of favor of the Lord. This would be impossible what we do in Eastern Europe without God's blessing. I want to walk in under his anointing. I want to be under his spirit and he led by him. And it takes one. You know, Gabriel chose to invest in one. You might think, Lord, I'm not going to be able to go to Moldova. I'm not going to be able maybe to go to Bulgaria. No, no, no. Don't say no. It's, nothing is impossible with God. Trust me. You might come to Moldova. You'll sign up. When you come out, there will be a signing up sheet that you'll be able to sign up and come to Moldova. Don't say impossible. You know, and that's what, that's what we, we serve. Under the Spirit of the Lord, under His guidance, we, we're right here in, in the center between Ukraine and Romania. And when I started, I started literally with just sharing the gospel in the houses. We had no churches. We couldn't meet at such a place because we would have been raided by the KGB and, and KVD, you know, the former secret police. We would have been raided and nobody would have been able to meet together. So we had to have a reason for our meetings. We would be doing so-called, you know, birthday parties. We would sit together and, sing, you know, and praise and worship and do the Bible studies. And those people, you know, so much on fire because they knew the price that they're paying. And those before them that they paid for preaching of the gospel. Today, we don't have that many of these struggles. We're able to preach the gospel freely in Moldova, in Ukraine, in Romania, in Turkey. And you may think, look, come, come on, what is, is this really possible? I do believe it's all possible. We, Moldova, we're still led by the Communist Party. We just voted in a communist uh, president. You know, we're led completely by the communist regime. But I can say this. What is impossible for humans is possible for God. We're in public schools. We're in orphanages. We're openly sharing the gospel. Yes, it's all based on personal relationships. But Jesus, through his spirit, is opening doors that you might not never think of. 
You go into the schools, and you know, they, the principals say, you know what, my government might not know, but I will, I'll be your, I'll cover you up. Come in, come in. Tell these kids about Jesus. You know, you go to the orphanages, and some of these principals, you know, would say, look, they, they don't know, the capital doesn't know, you come in, come in. Bring the good news to the kids. They need that. It's amazing. It is amazing that we can actually serve in these countries. Yes, we're serving in southwest Ukraine, all, all over the country of Moldova, south, southeast and eastern part of Romania. And we're serving to some of the people that you might say, who can love these people? You know, a people group that sometimes people would say, no way, gypsies? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God has blessed us with some amazing doors to be able to reach out to the kids of the Roma people. This is by the, by the Billy Graham Association and Joshua Project. I mean, this is, these are some of the stats. Gypsy people are in the top most unrich people groups on the planet. You talk about 17 million people that don't have a Bible in their own language. They don't have a written language. They've been marginalized for 900 years on the continent of Europe. They've been burned to stake in, in the times of Inquisition. It's all because because they are animists, they have the only one people group in Europe that has caste system. They have their own laws. They run their own lives. They sell their daughters for, a, for the value of a cow. They exchange children for five goats. You know, they are definitely involved in a lot of trafficking, a lot of begging. They used to come and sharpen the knife, no more. They are settled, but they have another completely different business to do. None, not a lot of them know, the, know Jesus. Not a lot of churches among them. Not a lot of preachers to go among them. They're probably one of the most rejected people group on the, on, on the European continent. But I want to say this. He's never rejected them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for them as well. Am I called to them? I am. I am called to preach the gospel to the poor oppressed, brokenhearted. It takes one. It takes one. It's been a great blessing to be able to serve to, these, uh, to the gypsies. We started with their kids. You know, we would bring them to our summer camps. As never before, we've been blessed to be able to, you know, reach out to these, to these children. And sometimes people say, this is really impossible. How is it possible to bring these kids? Literally, you come and you hug these children, you got to be careful because some of the lice would jump in. You know, some of those animals, they might reach out to you, you know. So you share the gospel, you love with them, you might evangelize some of those lice, but they won't repent, trust me. You know, so you hug these kids, you've got to be careful about some other issues that you might hold your pockets together, you know. But this is awesome. You know, this is awesome to see those children love Christ. Christ, they, uh, by the way, they, because they cannot read and they cannot write, we're not giving them a written New Testament. We're giving them kids' Bibles. I know, I know, I know. Bible distribution of kids' Bibles to the adults. We go with these children because we do kids' camps. We do after-school program for them. We provide meals to these children because gypsies are very, very poor, hungry. They don't get meals. They have to dig in the trash to be able to collect some food. And we, by serving and loving them and blessing them, you know, God opens up their families. We go in and we give them a kid's Bible, and you know, they look through and we say, look, this is a gift for your, for your family. Gypsies, as 
other tribes like Turks, they all love to be blessed because they live in a curse. They live under so much pressure of the curse. So they, 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 they want to be blessed because they're animists and because they have all, all, all this witchcraft. They, they live under the oppression of the curse of the past. And we believe in Jesus there is no curse. In Jesus there is freedom. He sets people free because the gospel sets people free. Oh, it doesn't matter what nation. That doesn't matter what tribe. That doesn't matter what language. That's the color, color of the skin. Jesus sets people free. And to see those people, those mom and dads taking those Bibles, kids' Bibles, and look through them and say, wow, is this about Jesus? Yes. And then they sit down, and because they cannot read and write, they sit with their kids in the night, and they make up all these stories from the Bible. We have to teach their kids so they don't make up the stories. Sometimes preachers make up stories as well, you know what I mean? Those people, we have to teach their kids so they can say, no, mama, this is not about that. It's all about another story in the Bible. But to see how God transforms lives. You might say, look, it's not possible for me. And if you look in the notes, there are a couple of myths that people believe and they struggle with. Everybody wants to have a specific understanding why I'm here on this planet. What is my real mission Is it really possible for me to make a difference in the life of at least one? Hey, man, I've never led somebody to the Lord. Is God God somewhere here with me? Can God use somebody like me? One of the myths that people believe is I'm not called and gifted enough to be involved in missions. How gifted you should be to be able to be involved in missions. Myth number two, I'm not spiritually ready or formally trained to be eligible for missions. Oh, my goodness. Some of the people, you know, say, look, I don't, I don't know the Bible so well so I can go on missions. There is no measure on that in order to be able to go on missions. And the other myth is I'm not rich enough and I'm not famous or powerful enough to be able to make a difference in somebody's life. What is the measure of wealth that can make a difference in the kingdom of God? That widow did the two dimes. That widow did the two dimes. What is that myth in your life? that makes you feel like I'm not worthy where I cannot go. Mission in your life is possible. Mission in your life is possible. The question that, number one, am I ready literally to believe that I'm called to do something of significance in life? Gabriel made something of significance in my life. That man in my life at a young age made something of a great significance in my life. It literally changed the whole life. The significance, significance, it's all about others, says John Maxwell. Uh, am I ready to make a little bit specific, you know, little specific steps toward this living with intention? Am I ready to make those little steps? And how that happens is, is uh, we start by praying for the gypsy community. We pray for the Turkish community. We pray for the unreached kids. We serve, uh, you know, we serve a lot of orphaned and victimized children from trafficking. What we do first is little steps. We pray. We pray. But then what we do, we move. We go. And we go how? You go by giving. You go by praying. And you go by jumping in a plane and going to those parts of the world what God is calling you. It can be, your mission can be so small and so big at the same time. It all takes one person and be intentional and make that step. Am I ready to discover Christ's vision and just join Him in that? Am I ready to join Him in what He wants to do? 
And when we started, we started with so small. You remember me coming and, you know, I would cry here and I would be so thankful to God for a couple of, you know, a couple of hundreds. This summer, as never before, we had 25,000 children in our camps, 18,000 gave their lives to Christ in a personal way, connecting now with local churches and being plugged into the family of Christ. It's not about me. It's all about Him. He's making it possible with your prayers and your giving, but also with you going, with you going. Come, come and serve with us. You know, when we, we look at uh, the mission, sometimes we think that, you know, how, how can I say that the Spirit of the Lord is on me? How can I say that, you know, I'm called to preach the gospel? Everybody is called to preach the gospel. Jesus had no exception on that side. No exception. And I'd like to run you through a couple of stories of an amazing, amazing, you know, changes that God is doing. I'd like to, to share with you, with this, you know, you can see some of these ladies, you know, on, on, on this screen. And I can say for sure that most of these ladies, this is a new church planted in, among the gypsy community. One of, our, one of our team members who is a house parent for victimized boys is a born-again gypsy. And God put on his heart the desire in that local community to plant a church on the base of a transition home and start a church for the gypsy people. God is doing some amazing things. You, you sh I wish you could be with me there to see some of these women who are weeping and crying. One of the ladies was there, and she was missing three fingers. One, she was sold by her father at the age of 10, and she was trying to run from the sexual exploitation. He was she was raped by her father and then raped by her, her brother, and she ran away, and she was caught, and then you know what they did? Father chopped one finger off, and then she was continued, she, he continued to sell her, and she ran again, and he chopped the second finger off, and then you know, she ran, ran again, and, she, and he chopped the third finger off, and then she discovered she got AIDS and gonorrhea and all of those transmissible diseases, and I remember how she was, it was in September, it was, it's literally fresh story. She was on her knees with me weeping and saying, Pastor, tell me, can Jesus live in a body like mine? You're saying that our bodies are a house for Jesus. Can Jesus live in somebody like me? Honey looked in her eyes and crying together said, Jesus can live and he will make there something beautiful out of you. She became a story of a transformed life among these gypsies. God is doing some amazing things. Can you be, would you choose to be part of his story? Would you choose to discover his vision and mission in your life? You cannot live without a mission. Everybody has a mission. Everybody has a purpose. You can't live without a mission and a vision in your life. Make little steps. Be intentional. Think about others. You know, it might be here local, or it can be, you know, in Jerusalem like we heard, or to the ends of the earth. Whatever God takes you. And then another thing I'd like to share with you is that God is not a God who just throws us in the water and says swim. He gives us specific, specific ways to be able to share, specific ways to be involved. I'd like to, to share with you that Great Commission is not bounded to one specific country. 
not bound to, you know, it's not limited to a specific ethnicity. God works everywhere and he can work through your life. This is another story of another gypsy woman. She's growing a girl in her life. She, she's taking care of this kid. Mom was sold in prostitution and she ended up in Moscow and then from Moscow farther on disappeared. Probably she is no track of her mom. A lot of these women, after being exploited a number of years, they got dissembled for body parts, harvesting their kidneys or their heart or something else. But to be able to go in the, home, in the homes of these people, you know, with dirt floors, falling apart houses, and literally to sit down and eat with them and serve them and love on them and share the gospel with them, you know, that opens some amazing doors because God's great commission is go and make disciples of all nations. Doesn't matter if it's the most rejected ones. Go and make disciples with such a family. Next door to them, there's another home, a guy Who's, uh, who had a, a gangrene on his leg, is developing a gangrene. Eleven children. I mean, one thing that he was praying to God, God, give me a horse so I can take care of my children. What? Yes, yes, yes. He was praying that God will give him a horse to be able to survive with eleven children. You might ask for something more than a horse in, in your life. God, give me this or that, and I'll do missions, and I'll be involved. No, no, no. You know, God, is, God met his need. And one day he came to our service, and he said, Pastor, look at my leg. I am, I am going to lose my leg. If I am losing my leg, I can't walk. And you know, white people never touch the feet of the gypsies. But I went with one of my mentors, and we sat together on our knees in front of him. We took his shoes off. We looked at that dark black skin on his, on his leg. And we said, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can do something. I praise God. We prayed for him. Two weeks later, we got a doctor to check on him. And today that man is a follower of Jesus and a great testimony of God's healing and his life. God is awesome. All the glory to him. Great. This is really great. It's really great to be able to see you. You've got to step out of the boat. You've got to walk on the water. You've got to experience Jesus. Let him walk you on the water. Let him multiply the fish and the breads like those folks in Jerusalem through your hands. He will pray. He will bless. He will give it to you and he will multiply. He will feed the gypsies. He will put the Bibles in the hands of the Muslims. He will love through you on an orphan kid. He will help through you restore a broken life through traffic. He will restore those lives. He will bring the gospel that will regenerate. He will, he will transform those people inside out through you. It can be even somebody in your family. Your mission can be even somebody in your family. My mission was my family as well. It took me 22 years of prayer to see this year 12 full months of my mom coming to church. 22 years. It took me to pray to see one of my own become a follower of Christ. It might be the one is your son. It could be somebody in your extended family. It can be your neighbor. Your mission can be small and big at the same time. There is no small mission. Every soul counts. And I'd like to encourage you to consider, to think, and consider seriously that mission of Christ. Mission of Christ, God's mission is restoration. That's what we, I, I just talked to you. And God's tools are good news of the gospel. There's nothing else you can share. There's nothing else you can preach but the gospel only. Missions. 
missions is possible. And I'd like to challenge you this morning to think about missions together with me. Jesus came on a mission. Jesus is the best ever missionary. He had that incarnational mission. He left the glory to come among us without sin, became as one of us to serve us, to wash our feet. It might be to live the glory of California and step on a, on a plane and jump into a world that might be so different from what you are used to, from your comfort zone, and to experience God's given mission in a way that will refresh you, will renew you, will make your life and, you know, purposeful and meaningful in some ways. You'll come back and you'll say, I want to change my community for Jesus. It'll take maybe one person, but follow Jesus. Join him and his mission. Join him and his vision. The spirit of the Lord is on us. He anointed all of us to preach the gospel to the poor, broken, oppressed, set the captives free. Help those who are blind get sight. I'd like to encourage you to consider this mission. I'd like to encourage you to join us in this mission. As, a, as part of the, the challenge I would like to share with you, it is actually the ministry we're doing in the, in the camps. You know, we, uh, we're doing medical missions as well. One of the medical missions that we recently did it was a, a medical mission. Uh, one of our, our partnering uh, teams came to serve with us to the gypsy community. You know, God has been so good to us. We had a thousand people in five days that walked through the medical mission. None of these gypsies have an opportunity to go to a hospital because they would shut the doors in front of them. They cannot go to, you know, to, to, to the pharmacies because they would shut do the doors in front of them. And I, when we were getting this mission team that came, we had stations, and we were giving the Bibles as they were trying the reading glasses to try. Some of them, like, you know, what is this? I cannot, I can't believe that I see it. With some of the others, I mean, just medical and prayer. We had people from the government in the show up among them and say, I need help. And, you know, bursting in tears, people saying, never, ever somebody laid their hands on me and prayed for me. You know, it's such a personal, such a touching experience. 1,000 people got, a, got a, to hear the gospel, personal prayer. And I'd like to challenge you, if you are a nurse or if you are a doctor, I'd like to encourage you to come and serve with us in Moldova. In 2018, we'd love to launch this challenge for you. Come to serve with us because it's so desperate. One of the ladies, a young lady, she gave birth to a child three months ago. And she put, she cleaned, she peeled the potatoes, put it on a piece of cloth, sprinkled with some of the alcohol because the kid had bronchitis. And she rubbed the, this around her, uh, the kid's neck. And in the morning, I remember when we just we opened the doors of the clinic, you know, this lady screaming with the baby, dead baby came to me and said, bring this baby back to life. Because they have no access to the medical help. The this, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, evaporating uh, the alcohol, it killed the baby. And it became such a broken experience. And I'm thinking, Lord, why, why? We'd like to do more of this, to be able to share in practical ways the gospel. We also choose one of the ladies that was trafficked. And this is another challenge I'd like to ask you to, to think about. We choose a lady that was trafficked to, uh, to Turkey. She was sent back as a criminal. 
She had, been, had criminal charges against her, completely broken, two children at home. She lives in a home that has a huge, she used to live in a home that had a huge hole. She would have three layers and some carpets on them in order to survive. They would put up the fire outside, warming up the water in order to put it under the blankets to survive. We said, we should not let it happen like that. In, that, in the middle of the gypsy community, we, we said, we're going to do what in America a lot of you are doing. Build a home for somebody. This was our first in the century home for a most broken woman you can ever think. We started from the ground up, and it became such an amazing testimony to the community. We had hot dogs, and we invited all of everybody to celebrate because in 10 days we put the house up. And it became such a testimony for the gospel. And if you are a builder, I'd like to encourage you, think about coming to Moldova. If you know how to hit the nail in a good way, yeah, you know, come and hit the nail in Moldova. If you know how to, you know, put together a house, please sign up. I'd like to invite you that when you are going to go out, you will see one of our table. On the table, you will see the materials. Please pick one of those. We've got some of the handmade things from the girls that were trafficked, that we're raising money with them together to help another girl. So please look there. Be generous. Take something for a, for a generous giving, a gift. And also, Pastor Matt is going to be there to help you sign up for going to Moldova or on a medical mission or on a construction team. I'd like to thank you, church, for being so generous for being so good to us. Thank you. And I'd like to finish this message with a short, a couple of words. I'd like to ask you to pray. Pray for the work that we're doing in Eastern Europe. I know we've stepped into a zone where darkness won't, won't like us. We've been, we've been persecuted in many ways. My wife was beaten multiple times for serving children. I was beaten and almost crucified multiple times. I got in a situation when we rescued a girl and the pimps put me to the wall. They hit me and I heard the click of the knife in my belly. And I praise God for the policemen who, were, who saw the whole situation and ran toward us. I'd like to say that preaching of the gospel, it will cost you something. But don't fear. Don't fear the flock of Christ. Because... There is, he promised us that we will suffer if we preach the gospel. What is your mission? Do you live an intentional life? Do you think that mission for you and your life is possible? Maybe there are some myths that hold you up. I'd like to ask you to pray. Pray against those myths that hold you away from serving and ministering to at least one soul. Because there is the value of one. And it all starts with one. In my life, it started with one. And I praise God that he's using me and my family and my team. He's using the other Calvary missionaries around the world to bring the gospel to the poor, to the broken, to the oppressed. And I'd like to encourage you to consider seriously, join local and join international missions. Join and come, come to the ends of the world to be able to preach the good news and to say there is the year of God's favor around us. We thank you so much, and I'd like to encourage you that we can pray right now. If you want to bow your head, I'd like to, to pray for you. And I'd like to pray with these three words. God, help me pray more. God, help me give more. And God, help me to go. Would you mind bowing your head and praying with me?
Jesus, thank you so much for the miracles that you are doing in our lives. Thank you so much for the good news that changed our life. And I ask you, Jesus, that you will use us to preach your gospel under the, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you for every single thing that it goes against making the mission possible, that you will take it away. All of those myths, all of those misbeliefs, Lord, that you will take it all away. And our hearts will be open to join you, Jesus, in your vision, in your mission of preaching the gospel. Help us, Lord, to take your word to the ends of the earth. Thank you for Calvary and bless them in abundance of your grace, for the generosity of these people, for the faithfulness and missions. Lord, bless them. And thank you for being on your team and using us, simple people, to do your godly, your divine work in this earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the honor to see how you redeem, restore, how you set people free. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your mission. Help us pray. Help us go. Help us give. In the name of Jesus, amen. All praises to him. Don't you just pray. I want 10% of Oleg's passion. Don't you want that? If we had 10%... Calvary would be turned upside down. Let's even, honestly, let's pray for that because God's given him such passion for the lost, such passion for those in Eastern Europe. Love it. Thank you, brother, for sharing with us. He prayed, uh, he said, we need to pray, give, and go. And I just want to give you an additional encouragement to that. Maybe you saw my email this week, but obviously on my heart, on all of our hearts has been Las Vegas and what happened there uh, just a week ago today. The deans, I don't think, oh, they're right there. The deans uh, here in our 9 a.m. service, they were there at that concert and God miraculously spared them um, that night. Um, another family uh, that's connected to our school, the McBratneys, they lost their 20-year-old cousin um, in that Vegas shooting. And so this impacts our own family. And I'm the outreach pastor, right? I, I get paid to do this. And when I hear and, and know friends that are experiencing evil, it makes me just want to retreat. <laughs> it honestly makes me, I'm never going to go to a mall again. I'm never certainly going to travel overseas again. I'm just going to build a cocoon. And that's me. And so if I'm struggling with that, I know that that's something that's a temptation for all of us to struggle with. And yet we are called as followers of Jesus Christ not to retreat. Because we serve a mighty God. The same God who spared Oleg as he was getting beat up by a pimp in Moldova. Is the same God that we pray to and we can know on a personal basis. Amen? Let's not retreat, church. So one of the ways that we battle against retreat is to press in to prayer. And I challenge us to be praying for not only Oleg but all of our missionary partners throughout the world. We have the privilege to partner with over 90 missionaries here at Calvary Church. It's amazing. And a couple specific ways that you can pray. We have a once a month night. In fact, it's happening tomorrow night. It's the second Monday of every month. It's in W209, which is right upstairs here in the worship center. And we gather together to specifically pray for Northeast Asia and intentionally pray for the believers in North Korea who are facing heavy persecution. 
And I want to challenge us to even show up tomorrow night uh, to this great event, to press in to prayer. Ladies, the third Thursday of every month, and you can find this on our website, uh, the ladies of our church gather together with a thing called Women with a Mission. And we hear from missionaries that are connected to Calvary and we press in to prayer. And there's a 9 a.m. option as well as a 7 o'clock option as well. And ladies, I'd love for you to be there at our next one coming up in about a week. And then as you leave today, there's at our tables in the lobby is an insert that looks like this. You can all see it, right? <laughs> but this has six of our newest missionaries. And there are specific ways that you can pray for them. Maybe you have a prayer booklet that you picked up last March. And I encourage you to find that. And diligently every day pray for those that God's called us to press in for. And I just want to publicly say on behalf of Liz Gold, our missions director, and our staff here at Calvary, thank you for your generosity. This page right here represents six new families that we've been able to partner with in 2017 because of your financial generosity. Isn't that awesome? Praise God for that. Last Thanksgiving, we asked our church and our Thanksgiving offering to, to donate money above and beyond their normal giving to build one transitional home in Moldova with Oleg. And your generosity, we were able to build two. That's just God, God at work. There's no all-stars here. We're just faithfully giving as God calls us to give. And God is doing great things. So I challenge you to continue to give. Faith promise is one of the ways we do that here at Calvary. You can commit by faith above and beyond your normal giving to say this is what I feel called to give in this next year at missions. You can also give online through our website. And you can even give and pledge part of your estate or all of your estate uh, later on in your life as a way to further the missionary calling here at Calvary Church. So thank you for your giving. And then go. Oleg gave us a great challenge. Don't be scared. If you walk up to his table today, you're not committing to go. You can just ask some questions. But I know there's a great need there. There's also a handout. It's the same color as green. That's in the lobby. And we have several of our missionaries that will be sharing at 11 o'clock here today in the next service. Lunch can wait. The crowds die down after 12. Your fantasy football team is going to win or lose whether you watch it or not. Carve out your schedule and come to this next service at 11 o'clock and find this paper and go hear from one of our missionaries. And who knows, maybe God will call you to go where they've been called to go. In fact, can I just in this moment, Calvary Partners missionaries, can you just stand up for a minute? And we just want to welcome you and thank you for being here today. So can you stand up where you're at? I see the Robinsons there, others here, Nellis is there. This is great. Keep standing for a minute. We praise the Lord for you guys. It is an honor to partner with you as, God, as you fulfill God's call in your life. We love you. Thank you so much. It's awesome. And Apollos right there. Apollos, stand up one more time. This is one of our newest missionaries from Niger. And so Apollos is here today. <laughs> Apollos grew up Muslim, was poisoned by extremists last year and was within hours of dying. And he said, no retreat. I'm not going to back down. And God healed him, and he's here today proclaiming the good news of Jesus. So, Apollos, again, welcome to you as well. So thank you, Calvary missionaries. We love and appreciate you. And finally, I just want to even highlight that we have a group within our church here who has answered the call to go to Cuba with our guest helpers ministry. 
We have Don and Janie Nellis, who are missionaries in Mexico and beyond, now Cuba. Henry and Tilly Haynes, Terry Contreras, Betty Cortice, Dave and Jane Taylor, Steve and Susan Taylor, Bill and Carol Hatch, Dave and Joan DeGroote, and Bill Griffith have answered the call to go down to Cuba on October 20th and serve in the name of Jesus. And so will you join me in praying for these guys, praying for what God does through our church and missions. Let's pray. Father, I just confess before my brothers and sisters that my default is to retreat. This world is evil and scary. And yet, God, you love this world as we've heard today. You're in the business of changing and restoring lives. We are all testimonies to that. So God, may we not retreat, but may we move forward in the power of the name of Jesus. Be with our missionary partners. Encourage, strengthen, and equip them. Make us people of prayer that send them out well. And Father, we thank you for our Cuba team. We thank you for these faithful brothers and sisters who are answering this call. Encourage them. Give them favor. May they proclaim the good news of Jesus wherever they go. We pray this in Christ's name. And we said, amen. So now let us give with joyful hearts as we acknowledge that all we have is His. And He is a good Father who provides for us. So we give as we continue to worship and close. The one who has made heaven and earth is with us here. The one who brought light by speaking the word is with us here over and over we seek you over and over we find that you are faithful god and you are holy father oh how you lead us you go before us you are faithful, God, for you are faithful, God, and you are holy, Father. You never leave us, you stand beside us, you are faithful, God. The one who provides, the one who provides all that we need. Is with us here. The one who brings comfort, wisdom, and peace is with us here. Over and over we seek you. Over and over we find that you are faithful, God. Sing it out. And you are holy, Father. Oh, how you lead us. You go before us. You are faithful, God. For you are faithful, God. And you are holy, Father. You never leave us. 
You stand beside us. You are faithful, God. And you give me courage. And you light the way. You are the strength in the wind and the waves. And now I am standing, the King by my side. Here in your glory, this song will rise. Sing it. You give me courage and you light the way. You are the strength in the wind and the waves. And now I am standing, the King by my side. Glory, this song will rise. You are faithful, God. Stand and sing. And you are holy, Father. Oh, how you lead us. You go before us. You are faithful, God. Sing. For you are faithful, God. And you our holy father and you never leave us you stand beside us you are faithful god one last time you are faithful god and you are holy father oh how you lead us you go before us you For you are faithful, God, and you are holy, Father, and you never leave us, you stand beside us, you are faithful, God. It's great to know that we serve a faithful God who loves us, who wants to watch over us and guide us wherever we are here. Vegas or Moldova, that he's the same God who rules over all of us. I want to recognize that uh, even as we have challenged to pray, to give, and to go, uh, I'm so thankful for uh, some women that have already prayed, given, and gone to Moldova. Uh, Debbie Rowley, Linda Baldridge, uh, Kathy Baylor, you can talk to them, and they can kind of clue you in as to what it's like in Moldova. Uh, they've been over there numerous times, and so it's an opportunity to sort of rub shoulders with them and learn of the experience of working together with uh, Oleg, his team, and the dear people of Madova. So please uh, get in touch with them and learn what that's all about. As you go out there, Oleg would love to talk with you. We have the literature about our missionaries, the current prayer book, as well as the additional missionaries that we have added to as well. Lots of other tables to check out. We encourage you to do that. If you'd like to have someone pray with you, pray over you, and bless you in some way or help you or maybe uh, encourage you in an area. We'd love to do that. We have our prayer points on either side up at the front. I'd love to pray with you if that was uh, possible as well. Uh, also, many of us will be out in the lobby. Love to be able to uh, connect with you out there as uh, we look to the Lord for all good things that is going to take place. Aren't you glad you came today? Isn't it a great day? We're so thankful for Oleg, for his ministry with us. Oleg's already out there, and so be sure to uh, check in with him. He'd love to meet you. Let me pray for us as we go our way. Father God, we thank you for being a great and faithful God. Lord, we see a lot of things that occur in this world, and Lord, we have our tragedies here in the U.S. Lord, it grieves our hearts to realize that there are many dear people who are being 
savaged because of a culture and a sinful condition of a heart. In places like Madova, Lord God, without Oleg, we would never know, but we know that you know. And your heart goes out to the lowly, to the broken, to those who are crushed, brokenhearted in spirit. God, thank you that even Isaiah recognized that 2,700 years ago, and here we are, still recognizing that as a reality of our world. God, we need you. We need you as a faithful God. We need the loving shepherd, Jesus Christ, and the blood that we sing about to be applied to many lives, to be transformed and changed. God, continue to change each of us in this room. May each of us be seeking you, praying, giving, going. Lord, being part of the work that you have called us into. So we commit it all to you now. We pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. There